0: Welcome to Balance Boldly, the podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I am Nikita Bigpin, your host and balance and relationship advisor, partnering with you to change the narrative. We want to amplify the intimacy within your relationship so you can thrive and have freedom and flexibility and confidence for all that is in your work, your life, and your love. My personal mission for this and every episode of the Balanced Bully podcast is to serve you with the tools you need for moving beyond just barely surviving the burnout of work and life over the narrow hills of imposter syndrome and through the barriers preventing you from being and doing greater. That's why we have season 13, people. We are in the throes of Mindset Matters. I'm so excited today to have you along this journey with me. And for those of you who have been following. You know, we've had some phenomenal guests over the last few years and especially over the last few months. 2019 has been an incredible year of breakthrough experts coming to the Balance Boldly stage and just sharing with you their vulnerability, opening up the curtains and being honest about how they've dealt with all the things that we normally talk about in the show and a little bit more. So today, I have a treat for you. I'm bringing another clinician to the house because that's what I love the most. I mean, you know, I love all people. I don't like all people, but I love all people. And I especially love extra awesome clinicians. So today I have with you Miss Barbara Cox. She's a psychologist and coach who writes about the power of feminine archetype to build community and increase personal intuition. She's creating lasting change in so many organizations. There's too many to list here. And she's been featured as an expert in so many publications, starting with Cosmopolitan, NBC News, Bustle, Ural News, as well as UNSCO's 2018 World Congress for the Organization of World Heritage and Cities, where she spoke on the psychology of building community in groups and cities pretty big topic, people. She's the author of a new and incredible book that I cannot wait for my personal signed copy of called The Muse Process, Unleashing the Power of the Feminine for Success and Fulfillment. Needless to say, Dr. Cox is in the right space. Welcome to Balance Boldly. How are you today, Barbara? I'm wonderful. How are you, Nikita? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I am incredible. I'm feeling really, really good today, Um, and especially because I got you here with me, so I'm not always alone in my clinical mindset of how I'm always analyzing and sometimes overanalyzing everything. I'm here (laughs)
1: too.
0: I'm with you. We're together. Right? So (laughs) tell me about this new book that you have. I'd love to hear more about what made you decide to write it in the first place and where you were in the journey and the process for yourself as you were managing the writing process and building a business yourself.
1: Sure. And um, it really ties in with all you said in the intro. But basically, as I was working with clients over the years, seeing this whole issue of feeling an imposter syndrome and wanting to address that because... I went through graduate school. Heck, I got a PhD and I still had the imposter syndrome. I think everybody struggles with it. Nobody talks about it. So mm-hmm. after I became a mom and I was trying to juggle work, life, building a business, and then working with my clients and teaching them what I learned in terms of work-life balance, I saw that they had kind of a this internal critical voice, you know, saying, you're an imposter. You can't do it all. You can't have a family, you can work all together and, and be happy. And I developed this process kind of haphazardly over 18 years to help them shift out of that. And then I boiled it down over a few years into five steps. And then I decided, hey, I'm going to write a book about this. So um, I, I wanted to help others get through the struggle I went through and some of my clients faster. So I feel like the book is like, Here's a boiled down, here's 18 years worth of, of knowledge boiled down into a book with five quick steps. Because I'd like people to get to that happy, balanced state quicker.
0: Yeah. We're all in this together. Yeah, absolutely. The collective genius, right? Absolutely. Right. And the research has
1: shown that happy people breed happy people, that even if There was one study that showed i don't know if you've heard of this one there was a study that showed happy neighbors influenced their other neighbors even if they didn't know them up to one kilometer away so if somebody was about a kilometer away they didn't know this happy person they were statistically happier even if they hadn't interacted so there's something to do with social contagion and i'd like to help the social contagion be positive and not negative
0: you know yeah no I never heard of that study but it sounds absolutely correct um just from you know what I know about communal energy and all those different things that line up with that that sounds phenomenal and it makes me feel really good about being that uh sometimes annoyingly happy neighbor <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're like, how can you be so
0: happy? <laughs> right. I can't tell you how many times, Barbara, people have asked me that, um, both in professional circles and, you know, even going back to high school, it was like some characteristics just, you know, they, you get wiser and you learn and you grow and have better boundaries. But some things are just innate. And I remember people being so annoyed with me that I was always smiling. They were like, why are you so happy? You can't possibly be this happy. And I'm like, well, actually... I'm just projecting the state that I want to be Right. in high school. I wasn't very happy, but I really wanted to be a better person, better than my circumstances, better than all the multiple abuses and traumas that I was dealing with. I wanted for sure. something more for my life. Right. So right. I stepped into it. Yeah. I can relate yeah. to that.
1: Yeah. I was raised in Navy Brown. We moved every year. So in high school, I had to start a new school every year. I went to three high schools. So yeah, I'm feeling, um, left out and that whole you know shy and you learn that your mindset is everything so just like you said you smile you project Mm -hmm. friendliness and you get you usually get what you project so yeah i learned that early on i'm with you
0: absolutely and i have to ask you you know for all the ambitiously bold women in business and those few brave men that are listening that may not be familiar with, you know, what is the feminine archetype and why does it matter connected to building community? Like, how is that going to to help them be better at what they're they're okay, trying okay. to do and balance that?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, could you share more about that sure. to help everyone really get that? Sure.
1: I label that the feminine archetype and it comes from more of the philosophy of life, the yin and the yang. So mm-hmm. basically that I feel I find that we have two different parts of us, the yin and the yang. Yin is like the softer feminine, yang is the more active masculine. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And so we have that inside internally and each of us has this these two sides or two archetypes or two ways of being that we can access men and women. What's so not really based just on physical gender, it's really a way of being, and so what I see our society had done, at least in American society, and I'm kind of kind of stereotyped a little bit, but we're we're valuing we're overvaluing the yang, the yang, the masculine, the go getter the always be active, go, 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 and I think that's a part of our Puritan heritage, which has pros and cons. Um, you know, it gets us building empires and building businesses, but then to the detriment and to the ignoring the feminine side, the yin side, the gentler, kinder part of us that we all have within us, you know, that, that feeling when you feel connection with somebody, when you want to give somebody a hug or you want to get a hug, you want to feel connected to other human beings. That's what I call a kind of feminine side where it's all about community connection, collaboration, intuition, caring, and bringing in that peace to us because we've evolved to be social creatures, to be in a tribe, to, to know our other human beings that are around us. We really didn't evolve to be lonely and to be alone and to be isolated in a little you know, brick house by ourselves. We, we've evolved in a group, so we're really meant to connect. It's physiological. It's science. It's really, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about, um, someone specific that would say, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times from people, you know, I'm not a joiner. I don't want to be with people. I'm not, and I'm not just talking about the myself identifying as an introvert, just, you know, I don't want to connect it, but then they're typically, not only are they closed off they they're usually not people who are thriving when when they're in that space right. now they may eventually get there but it takes a lot longer when you're not to your point kind of unleashing the yin yeah. and you know tapping more into it because it could help them in their business and obviously you know in your personal life if you're willing to connect and be a little softer when you need to be softer And it doesn't make you less of, you know, a go-getter because you can give someone a hug. Right,
1: right. (laughs) Go-getters can still hug. Maybe that should be my timeline. (laughs) Go-getters can
0: still hug. They still need a hug. (laughs) Right. Go-getters need a hug too. Right. No, I, I love it. And everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. I'm curious, based on your professional and personal experience, have you noticed that there's a difference in, you know, whether it was your life at a time when you had to kind of go into a bubble and close yeah. yourself off from the community that you, you saw a difference in your own ability to be more productive or more happy or for sure. even have less burnout? Burn yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. This
1: was a personal struggle too. I think all authors probably write about some issue that's personal to them and i found especially after becoming a mother that when people have children there's more of an isolation and i think that's more of a cultural thing i don't think that's in every culture so the the mothers i talked to seemed very kind of isolated and it's harder to get things done Whereas the people in more communal, community-oriented situations with kids had help with childcare and help with their business, and so they'd help each other out. So it just it just happens to make life easier when you reach out and become part of the community. So I was struggling with this, like how the U.S. culture is set up, and parents are so isolated, and then they kind of duplicate their work. So I went on a, a road trip to kind of figure out what's going on. And I went to interview different neighborhoods and different com- communities to see how they did it and what worked and what didn't and where people seemed happier. And I stumbled upon the, the concept of co-housing where basically it's, like, um, it's kind of like a condominium association with a Common room, but this goes a step farther instead of everyone having their own well condo and isolating mm-hmm. they had a common room with a large kitchen, and everybody each of the families like say one of one of the places I visited had thirty um condos in a large living area, so each of the thirty families would sign up for one day to cook for the whole group, so then they only had to cook dinner once a month, but basically every night. There was a dinner, so you could go to the common house, to the community room, and there would be a cooked dinner for you. So you wouldn't have to cook dinner every night, but you'd have to cook once a month for the thirty people or thirty groups, of there were various singles and families. And so it just cut down. They, I interviewed each of them, and they said it cut down on the amount of busy work because then you don't instead of cooking for maybe two, three, or four people going to the store figuring it out every night. You only had to do it mm-hmm. once or twice a month for dinner. And they had breakfast and lunch on their own usually. But they said they also helped each other out with childcare, care. They had a sign-up board. And some neighborhoods who aren't officially co-helping would do it that way too. They just kind of, oh, let's get together and make a babysitter sign-up list or rotate meals or something like that where it was more communal. And you don't have to be yeah. an extrovert. You had mentioned being an introvert, and I, sometimes I, I felt shy, I've been an introvert when I was younger. So it's more about finding, mm-hmm. like, reaching out for what feels comfortable to you, because I don't think all yeah. introverts are alone. They have a couple of people they, you know, they're close to. So it's about figuring out who you want to reach out to and do something simple, you know.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, first, let me commend you for, you know, stepping out of your own comfort zone by exploring these other kind of communal cultures and, and seeing what life was like in this other space, because I've never heard of anything like this outside of, you know, maybe what a, a church may uh-huh. do when yeah. they, uh, like our church feeds people, yeah. you know, every Sunday. So people get to come and that's the one day that they might not have to right. cook dinner. Um but it's not the same, obviously, as, you know, living in uh, the same space and having that communal kitchen well, and I that opportunity to the share. The energy is
1: the same. Mm-hmm. It's still that feminine communal energy that I, I feel like is re yeah. reactivating. And, and I'm kind of here <laughs> preaching, if you will, that people get back to more community because the psychological research, so I'm sure you know, shows that when people are more connected to civic organizations, it can be anything. Um, churches um, temples religious organizations volunteer organizations whatever resonates with their mindset and feeds their soul when they're a part of a group like that just like you said joining a, ch- a church or a group where you get together and on Sundays you have a meal then it's one less thing you have to figure out you know you one less meal you have to cook for yourself Sharing resources, it saves time. It's, there's so much research that shows, even when businesses instill more of a community mindset, it saves time, Mm -hmm. it's more productive.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And you're right, the energy, from an energy to energy perspective, that, that is very much the same regardless of you know religious affiliation and whether it's residential or not that's a really strong point I thank you for that yeah um so I'm curious you have a lot going on you know you're a businesswoman as well who's a coach and now you have this new book that's circulating and making waves you know what do you do for yourself Barbara to give yourself permission to pause that's a good question
1: (laughs) some days I think I'm still (laughs) I'm still working on it but um you know, this This may say, sound a little shallow or vain, but I'm going to own it. I make regularly scheduled salon appointments and manicures. I'm a girly girl. I like being a girly girl. I get my hair done. I get my nails done. I have an hour for myself, and I try not to have the phone and the emails on while I'm doing that. So for me, that's kind of a meditative pause. Um, self-care. And then I do, I do try to meditate every day just to kind of clear my mind. And it can be as little as, you know, five minutes, just set a time where I turn on some music, go with it. it. doesn't have to be anything serious, but I do, I do that just to kind of clear my mind, clear for the day.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds like a good pause to me, a little primping pampering, plus, this, you know, some meditation to Bring you into a serene space, whatever that looks like for you. That sounds like a good, you know, pause to me. Yeah, I'm all for taking a pause. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me too. And the more you and I get to know each other, the more you will see that I am a thousand percent about that permission to pause life. Well, you know,
1: Nikita, people really, I think as we get older, I'm nearing, well, I'm not going to say it on the air, but I've been around for a few decades. I realize that, you know, life is short and yes. people start to pass away and then when that happens you're like wow you know what i used to think is really important and all the titles and the emails and did i get all these projects done and then you say you know how many days do i have really what's important to me and to make time for other people and what what's fun and then it's okay to have fun that's one of my big messages too is like it's okay to enjoy your life, you know?
0: Yes, yes. And you should because it, it does things for your endorphins for sure. and everything else that's going on. And I 1000% agree with you. I'm a, a woman of a certain age as well. I'm a G bunny now. And I got two little people a year. Uh, well, she's 15 months and my youngest grandson is three and a half oh, good months now. Me. And you know, being Thank you. And it's, you know, it's an interesting space to see yourself getting older. Your kids are getting older. They're producing other kids, (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you know, like it, it, it does make you really look at what really matters, you know, and for me, just not showing up isn't enough. How I show up matters a lot more. And if anything is to be said, my balance that matters the most is making sure that I take time for me so that I have some more to give out to whoever it is, is receiving sure. it or might need to receive for it. For sure, yeah. So I, I resonate with that. Yeah. So how can everyone connect with you, Barbara, to find out more about the Muse process and the work that you do and just to go further with you? Where can they reach sure, you? Sure, wonderful. Um, the best way to reach me is through my
1: website, dot drbarbara i'd love to hear comments from the show this was wonderful it went way too fast i enjoyed myself immensely but yes i would love to hear (laughs) listener comments and my book is on there all the information about my business and all that good stuff
0: that is powerful. I thank you so much. This was really rapid, and I wish we had more time. And I thank you for carving out this time with everything that you have on your plate that you're balancing as well to just share your journey with us and really give back to the community of listeners who are here with us right now. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Balance Bowley listeners, oh my goodness, was that not good? Was it as good for you as it was for me? It was good, good, good. I'm so grateful for you for tuning in, for following us. Of course, as always, if you like what you hear on the Balance Bowley for Ambitious Women podcast, Be sure to subscribe, rate, 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 and share to make sure we can get all this good information to the other ambitiously bold and brave who want access to these valuable life, love, and business balance tools. If you want to connect with me, of course, you know, you can get me at Ask Nikita on IG, Twitter, Facebook. And of course, you're always welcome to follow us on Think Pro Media at YouTube. Now go create your balance and create your joy, but remember to do it boldly. Thank you for listening.